0: Hey everybody, what is going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Charm City Paintball. You've heard me say it over and over again, but it is oh so true. Uh, Mike at Charm City has been coming up with some amazing headgear, whether it be headbands, head wraps. He has made some uh, some pack bands for myself in the past. He does amazing work, the, the, the amount of quality and just painstaking detail that goes into these uh, these these head wraps and headbands and everything is amazing he does such a great job and uh... and right now he's on a Gucci kick he is he has some amazing gucci uh, print stripes all kinds of colors going on uh, make sure you head to charm city paintball on facebook or Instagram he is constantly uploading all of his new material uh, literal, literal material that he's using and uh, he is always open for, uh, for custom work and uh, for answering any questions that you guys have. So make sure you give him a shout. Uh, Charm City Paintball on uh, Instagram and Facebook. DM him. Let him know what you need. And uh, he would love to work with you. But uh, let him know that Carl from the Playing On Podcast sent you over there. Thank you, Mike. We are also brought to you by Mellow Vio. It is a CBD company. And they sent me over some products. I've always kind of dabbed in the uh, in in the CBD uh, kind of area, and I'm always looking for looking for great products. And and um, I know there's a lot of people out there that you know kind of are on the fence about the whole thing. And and I've been using their product for probably three four days now, and uh, I use this uh, the salve on my on my joints. It's working. Really, really good. I feel. I mean, I, you you have to stick with it, but I mean that they have uh they have the the e juice and everything for uh for the vapes. They have all kinds of goodies, gummies. They have dog treats. They have ice cream. They have all kinds of stuff. Please head over to Melovio. That's M-E-L-L-V-O. No, M E L L O V O. Um, and uh, and you can check out all of their great products. Great group of people, awesome company. And for all of the playing on podcast listeners, if you guys go over there and purchase some stuff and you type in the promo code capital TPOP, you will get 15% off. That's right, you'll get 15% off. Use the promo code TPOP, all caps, and you'll get 15% off. And you'll also receive free shipping on any $20 or above order. So uh, thank you to Melavio, and we are looking forward to uh, to building a great relationship with those guys. And uh, I truly believe that CBD is an awesome product, and, uh, and also all of it is uh, zero THC, so don't worry about the psychoactiveness. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Melavio, and uh, it's going to be great. This episode is with Travis Lemansky, you guys know him from the infamous camp, but he has been in the game for so long, and uh, he has been just innovating product. He has been, you know, farming players. He's played with some of the best in the world, and uh, it's it's great to kind of sit down and and hear him tell his tale and you know and infamous's tale on, on top of that so it was great sitting down with him uh, and uh yeah so without further ado here is the podcast with travis Lamassi. nice so thank you for doing this I oh thanks for having me I have a ton of questions. Actually, I only have a couple of questions, but it usually turns into more questions as you know the podcast goes on. As always. So, what have you been up to, man?
1: Um, dude, you don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so much stuff with with uh, the team and Infamous, the brand and Foundation, the brand and four kids yeah. and you know you know, you name it
0: now foundation that's something completely separate from paintball correct
1: <clears throat> right so i would say around 2014 i started looking at like just other stuff i was interested in like wearable technology yeah and so uh i got into that and started making heated
0: gloves and heated jackets and all kinds of stuff so and that's that's what you guys are pretty much known for or is all your heated gear yeah, so we we
1: started in the heated stuff because that's kind of the easiest like barrier of entry to to the like wearable tech thing. But now <clears throat> um, I've incorporated some some tech into like uh, you know base layers and stuff like that. And I'm starting to basically anything you like your eye watch could do, I can. I'm starting to do that. So really, um, yeah. So our most recent product that we just launched is like a an LED. Uh, like running jacket so it's it's heated but it's also like you can turn on a light so if you're you know walking your dog at night or running down the road or whatever it's just it makes you more visible so it's pretty cool
0: that is crazy i mean that i guess that's what you know you're always looking for what uh what's next and 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 what society needs or what you know just an individual person needs to make their life a little bit easier and if something can do multiple things then you know that much better
1: Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, clothes are pretty archaic in in the grand scheme of things. You know, we're talking about like you're shooting a CS2 paintball gun that does like all these crazy things, but then you're wearing this like cotton t shirt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I thought about that too. Like, you know, you can change all these settings on the electronic markers, you can do all this shit to them, but then the majority of the pros just want it to turn on and like, and fire, and that's it, that's all we needed to do, like, nobody really messes, like, I, I like to tweak mine a little bit, but I was never really like, dwell this, and this, and that, I was more of like, the mechanical tweaking, like, the trigger, and all this other shit, but I I didn't, I didn't like fucking with like, the timing, and all that other stuff, but you know more about that, like, timing with cockers, and
1: yeah, I mean, I always wanted that, like, super soft, you know, shot, and all Mm -hmm. that good stuff, but like, Again, at the end of the day I think we all just want the stuff to work. So you mess with stuff too much and it just quits working.
0: <laughs> so were <laughs> so. were you one of those guys who never cleaned his stuff and just wanted it to work or did you like take time and like go through it and clean it and make sure it it actually didn't have any dirt inside of it?
1: I mean, I wasn't like Drew Templeton level <laughs> of cleaning or Rodney Squires, but I definitely like took care of my stuff.
0: Yeah, it's, with me, whenever I got a new marker, no matter what season it was, no matter what whether it was an ego or, or or geo or whatever, I had to tear it down and rebuild it back. And because like, I had to know the, the ins and outs of everything. And, uh, I want to say like maybe 95% of the time it worked, you know, after I put it back together, but yeah. I, I just, I liked the, the mechanical side of it. I liked the, the engineering side of it. And, uh, that's kind of like my nerdy side of, of knowing like I, as a kid too, I always took things apart and put them back together. So,
1: yeah, and I think guns back then were way more simple, and like now they're so high tech that like I'm afraid I'm gonna break it if I get in there, <laughs> so I just like let it ride. I
0: don't know. See that I, I almost feel like guns are more simple now because there's you know look at a Geo right, I mean it's I think it's pretty much comparable to an old like SFT shocker. I mean basic you know board and a tube, and that's and that's really all you got, but. I think yeah, I think it's got the like electrical rings Oh well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's got so much stuff going on in there. I'm like, it, you know, we used to know what to do when you had an autococker. You polish the sear, and you do this and you do that. You, this thing, I mean, you polish the wrong thing and the thing will leak. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'll just leave it.
0: I never I could never get into the autocockers, though because because they were so finicky. I just Oh, that's
1: the good stuff, oh, dude.
0: That that just it it was way too much of a pain in the ass for me to clean one. And then to maintain.
1: Yeah. No, I was a cocker dude for sure. For sure.
0: How could you be more into like knowing and being able to like maintain a cocker than in like a modern marker?
1: Well, cause I think also back then, like you could customize that stuff. So <clears throat> we had, you know, we, I worked at Caesar's shop in, uh, you know, PNP. And so we were making super cocker. So we're milling these things out. We're, sending them off for ano or trying different stuff constantly experimenting and and trying to trick these things out so that's how I was like super into it is you know you're
0: just you're just tweaking it the whole time so as far as cockers go who do you think was the the biggest innovator uh, back then
1: Um, I think well well, definitely Danny Love was like super innovator Vu was also like really trick but he didn't get into like mass production like Danny did um, and Caesar, I mean, everybody has like personal preferences between, you know, free flows and super cockers and this and that. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked how Caesar's shot. I mean, they were super smooth. Um, you know, some people still to this day love them, and some people don't like them, and some people are diehard Danny guys. Yeah. But I think I think Caesar and Danny, in my opinion, probably did the, the top work.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure it's just like anything, you know, the top end. There's a, a top end of anything. There's very small subtleties that make the difference between you know A and B. But if you're if you're among those, you can. It's like night and day, as far as yeah. You know, those to us, but I mean anybody else, a divisional player, or whatever, they'd be like, it shoots the same. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> well, Danny's guns were like real snappy and like hard to like short stroke,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and like Caesar's guns were super like buttery smooth. Yeah. Um, And so I liked, I liked that like really smooth trigger.
0: That was was the same thing for me. Like, you know, just set on my trigger for seven man or anything like that, you know, with, with the egos, it was, I mean, back then they were a little bit more poppy, but they got smoother as they went on. And I just, I liked a smooth shot because it, it made me comfortable with the marker and the way it was shooting. And if I was comfortable, I, I felt like I had a more confident shot.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, I wanted to. I'm want to kind of dive back into, you know, where you started, how you found paintball. Uh, I mean, because you you came up with, you know, some of the greats being one of the greats yourself. Uh, how did you get into the position you are today and in, in your professional career? Like, where did it all start?
1: Um, I think I started. Um, when I started playing paintball, I was like neighborhood kids when I was like in seventh grade, and we were all. You know, they, some of the some of the kids in my neighborhood bought like at an army navy store some like splatmaster type guns, like really really like one shot one kill type guns. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then so we played in the back, and then I don't know who somebody you know found some paintball field in Pickney, which was we were from like like Dearborn right outside of Detroit, so like Pickney was like it seemed like the country, right? Yeah. We driving like almost an hour to go there. And then we got there, and Hell Survivors was this like amazing field with like a village and and really cool setup. And so after that, I was straight hooked. And uh, you know, you can only play at a f- particular field for so long before you you need the next challenge. So then we right. got into tournaments and hooked up with dudes locally, and we went and started a team called Fusion. And uh... wait, wait, wait!
0: I feel like there's I feel like there's a big gap, like. You you guys just you played like locally and you found and then like Fusion just came out of your ass like I feel like Fusion was it <laughs> Fusion was such a big name around here because I, I eventually want to dive into like Midwest paintball now and then um but uh, but Fusion I mean it was such a big name around the Midwest I mean did it really start out as you know just a bunch of a bunch of guys or kids that uh, wanted to play tournament style paintball
1: well I, so basically Fusion the name Fusion was actually like we were brainstorming on a name uh but fusion is because we took all of the like top players in our area so we took a couple of dudes from satisfaction a couple of dudes from lightning force a couple of dudes from this team and that team and we made one team and called it fusion yeah um and uh that's really how it started so yeah i was i can't remember like my very first team you know i was doing these like little local three-man things and then i'd be you know, a five man with these dudes and, and whatever. And they, maybe we only played one event kind of thing. And I ended up with Caesar's shop team, which was called lightning force. And then again, like I said, that that's when we just, when we got more and more serious, we, uh, kind of took our like top guys and then like LB was one of his top guys over at like the lone wolf field. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's how we got hooked up. And then, Andy was like kind of you know he was from Canada but he was in his little area he was the best but all we always played at the same fields just different teams and we kind of yeah. just put everything together so
0: so what did did Caesar own a field or anything like that or I mean how did how was Caesar kind of wrapped in the whole thing but but I mean obviously he had the cockers but was it did he have a pro shop or something
1: yeah so basically <clears throat> back then pro shops could. Uh, stand on their own without a field because there was so much customization with these guns mm-hmm. like you, you could buy an cocker for 300 bucks but you could easily put a thousand bucks into it or 1500 bucks into it doing all these like cut and carve and it was really like kind of a, a cool thing to like trick out your gun so mm-hmm. he sort of built his whole legacy on um, making these custom custom guns and he had a his shop started in this one little one little storefront and he basically took over like the whole strip mall, you know, for a while there. It was it was crazy. Yeah.
0: So, do you think uh, do you think paintball is slowly getting back to that, you know, customization of your individual marker?
1: Yeah, I mean, I it, it's it's I don't know, I don't know if it's getting back there or what. If it's just this ten man mechanical thing coming back, but yeah, there's definitely. The people that are around want something unique and custom, so they're they're doing it themselves, you know, if it's not,
0: yeah. you know, mainstream. I think with how much the markers are, I mean, you, you, you want, I mean, I would hope, you know, at least, I mean, I know kids are, like, slinging guns, like, going out of style, but you think they want to hang on to them for a while and kind of mean something, you know, having a marker like that, especially a custom marker.
1: Yeah. No, I know. I mean, that's what we tried to do with, like, the infamous with the skull in the back of the mm-hmm. cs2 we tried to make it you know unique and, and and whatever did you see what archie just did with his cs2 yeah. like had it all carved up that was really cool yeah
0: that's sweet i mean that that's just pretty much i wonder what he used did he use like a little dremel tool or something with that you think
1: i, I think he had some some dude that's like skilled with that and <laughs> do that he didn't <laughs> do that I, I did text him that i was gonna dremel up my emac the plastic body <laughs> i was
0: thinking about doing the same thing dude but speaking of those um you know, I've actually, I've actually been shooting that. Whenever I play paintball, that's that's all I use now. I mean, those are, those are insane. Yeah, they're sweet. I mean, I I don't know how many fields have those right now, but I, I can only imagine that they're taking over the you know the the side of it.
1: Yeah. Have you seen the like pals loader thing they got with it yeah. too? Yeah. That's ridiculous. So, uh, I think it's good for a couple of reasons, right? Like. You know you were on the titman team right mm-hmm. so you remember playing it. those things are really big and long and everything Dude. So this thing is small and plastic and the triggers so it's light and it's little and the triggers really nice So it's easy for younger people. It's cool. Yeah um, And then you add that
0: loader and it rips what's crazy is like with um, I Feel like with it with a titman back then, you know, they're they're super hard to, well, even now they're super hard to shoot um, but to an untrained eye to, you know, just any old customer, they'll come in and they'll just, this is what a paintball gun is, right? This is just how it shoots. This is, this is what it is. And you put something that's smooth shooting, easy to maintain and, and is fun to shoot and accurate on top of that. I mean, because not all field paint obviously is, is great shooting, but I feel like, um, you put it through something like this and you'll have a little bit more accuracy on top of it. And I think, you know, kids, kids and people will have more fun.
1: Totally, the experience is everything, which is why yeah. I think this is a big deal. I think getting back to, to good paintballs is a good deal. I mean, it, mm-hmm. all this stuff has to happen for you know to bring in more people. It's got to be a better experience.
0: What do you think about having a uh, at least for professional teams? Well, and not even professional teams, maybe all teams <clears throat> at every tournament having an open paint market.
1: Um. And what do you mean by that? Just you could just bring your own paint, or no, no,
0: no. I mean like, let's say, let's say there were no more like packages for for teams. You know what I mean? You know because well, uh, we want you to. Uh, the only way to get like a great deal on our paint, or if you want to shoot our paint, you're gonna have to wear our pants, our goggles, or this, or this, or this, or this, right? But you're locked in to shoot their paint, whether it's shitty or not. You have to shoot the paint, right? What if we? Were, what if it was? You know, you got to wear our goggles. This, this, this. But every tournament was an open market for paint. So you actually had an option. Let's say if if the GI wasn't shooting great that day, but the pro char or whoever was, you have the option of jumping around, and it's always a competition for the best paint. And I think what will end up happening if if it ever gets to that, is there is there's there's no more excuse of bad batches of paint because every time you go to a tournament you know you want to bring your best paint because you want people to shoot it so I, I wonder if that would be a good motivation to make great paint again
1: you know I, I think that there's quite a few people that do that already yeah Um, you know if people choose to stick with one brand over another even though they know there's a better paint that's kind of on them you know what I mean and, it, and maybe it's because you think it's contractual they, though yeah, but, I mean, so, um, I I mean, Dynasty's always had in their, like, thing, like, if there's a better paint, we're going to shoot it. Right. You know, if it's going to if it's gonna between, be between winning and losing the event. I think they have a lot I of pull, a, though. Yeah, but I mean, but I, that's what I'm getting at. And then if you're a paying customer, so if you're paying, you know, 40 bucks a case or whatever it is, uh, you can use your $40 to buy a, another paintball. If you're a paying customer you're not getting it for free, there's nothing stopping you from switching it. I think the only reason people are loyal is maybe they get a, a deal on their practice paint or, or whatever. They don't want to lose that. Right. But At the same time, I mean, if you're paying, you're paying. Let's be honest.
0: So. Right. Well, I wonder I if there's. Like... I wonder if there's any kind of. I mean, I'm just pulling this out of my ass, but I wonder if there's like some kind of intimidation factor of like you have to shoot our paint in order to get these deals and keep, you know, keep a be a sponsored, you know, team as a divisional oh, team.
1: Oh. Without a doubt everybody leverages the paint to get the sweet paint price, you have to you know shoot our paint. But at the same time, there's nothing stopping anybody. I don't I don't think like I've seen dudes walking in and out of other paint tents at every event cuz they're looking for the best ball, so. Yeah.
0: You know, do you I mean cuz it's always been I guess I kind of want to make it public just to see like what you would say, but I mean, do you do you think that certain manufacturers and certain sponsors Hoard paint for certain teams saying we, we don't have this batch anymore, or we're out of this, or you know, when in fact they might have you know 10, 12 cases in the back for the next match.
1: Oh, I think so, yeah, for sure. I think what happens is normally, you know, when the truck shows up, nobody knows what's on it, right? right? It could be there could be 20 skids, and is and, and one is good. Um, but like once that pro team sniffs out, you know, which one's the good one then they all want the same one and they burn through it in two seconds. So <laughs> I think whoever, uh, gets there first. And a lot of times you'll see, like, you'll see a pro team, like with their entire roster, like hustling paint off of the truck mm-hmm. and they're just, they're taking it back to their room or their van or whatever and putting it on AC, like they're getting it out of there because it's a good stuff. Right. I, I see that all the time.
0: Has it always been like that through the years of like uh, paint companies bringing multiple batches of paint to, to events?
1: Yeah, the the top end pros have always gotten like a sample of each skid and like tested it to find the best lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's maybe not shown down into like some of the divisional levels at a early at an early age, but yeah, it's it's always been at the competitive end. You know, they're they're testing paint is the biggest variable. Period. So yeah. Uh, you could be a better team, but if I have better paint,
0: I'm beating you. That's. I think that's such a huge variable, like you said. I mean, I, I think it's – I it definitely make or breaks a team, especially morning games or late games, uh, you know, depending on the weather. I mean, de- if you're shooting a paint that swells quickly and you're, yeah. you're bouncing the shit out of a team that you need to win, you know, you need to beat them, yeah. it's, it's crazy how, you know, it's – and we're it's out of your control
1: guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're both shooting corner guys. Yours walks and mine doesn't. That's a big that's a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think this kind of like uh, segues into your position. I mean, you you've always been known as, you know, a giant anchor for whatever team you play on. Um, you know, you, people call them the threes or what. I don't know. How did, I don't know how that fucking started. Like people being called the ones or the twos or whatever. Like <laughs> you were a back guy, right? You know, there's front guys, mid guys, back guys. And um I don't think I might have mentioned this on the last podcast, but I, I don't think you guys get enough credit for uh, the job of simply shooting somebody off the break. Because I think it's it's such a gigantic advantage. Obviously, everybody everybody wants to be not everybody wants to be, but I mean, you have the guys who want to be the showboats, who want to be the front the front players, getting all the kills, doing all this, doing all that. But I think there there's such a um, a need for people with a great shot off the break because shooting one or two guys off the break is can change an overtime match can change you know a two three point lead into something so much quicker I, I don't think you guys get enough credit for being able to to uh, do that
1: yeah I mean statistically speaking I think the team that gets that first kill on the break it's something crazy like they win 75 percent of the time or
0: mm-hmm.
1: something um but yeah, I mean, I obviously I didn't start in the back. I started in the front like, you know, everybody else. Yeah. But then I, it was sort of around the – it was the image days. When I went from image, I still played in the front or mid. And then when I went to Avalanche, they were just all front dudes. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to play back here and kind of like hold it down because they, they legit had like one or two back guys and like eight front guys. Yeah. So, uh, So that's sort of when I – got my role as a as a back player but um and then as the game evolved into x ball you're right like you don't get the glory and honestly i i didn't personally feel like i was uh, effective unless i got that kill on the break yeah so i so i put a lot of pressure on myself to like get that kill and so i hate bouncy paint <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no, no no for sure um Let's let's go back. I mean, kind of got sidetracked a little bit, but let's go back to um. So you're on fusion, uh, and you're playing with those guys. When does it start? I mean, is it at this point when it really starts getting serious as far as you know putting time, uh, separate time that you have aside to practice to get better and to really kind of set a direction paintball wise for yourself?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's like this for everybody or if it was just me or whatever. But whenever I I don't even look at it as extra work. If I'm having fun and it's getting to a goal, like I'm putting in the OT on it, right? Yeah. So, you know, we played as much as we could possibly play. We were playing two, three, sometimes four times a week. And if my teammates didn't do that, we rode them so hard. Yeah. Like it like to the point where it would end friendships because we were – we were crazy about yeah. it, you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, no, I mean I put in tons and tons of time. We were playing it indoors during the middle of the week, and we're playing at, at basically at Badlands every weekend, and it was it was a lot of work, but you know we loved it, so it didn't didn't matter.
0: Yeah. So where did uh, what happened with Fusion?
1: <sighs> oh, so there was a uh, <clears throat> there was an incident. So Fusion was legit, like probably. Top one, two, three amateur team. And back then there was only amateur and pro. Mm -hmm. And so like there was your handful of pros, like your I don't know, ten to ten to twenty pro teams. And then uh but like legit like the bottom ten were so garbage it wasn't funny. Mm -hmm. And then your your high end amateur teams like Fusion and Team Extreme and you know, there was a team called the Nobodies. There was a there was a handful of them that would beat these pro teams on the reg yeah so so but basically how you would qualify to be pro back then is you would play your division and in your division it would have like i think two pro teams and four, four amateurs well once you started beating the pro teams in your division um and you had higher points than other pro teams you could make the you could make the jump at that event but once you made the jump, there was no turning back. So right. you were pro. So it's like had to be like a big team decision. It was always a big deal. But Fusion really wanted to be pro. We were beating our pro teams like a lot to the point where we turned down going pro a few times until we, you know, we're doing this. And then <clears throat> legit, I think when we won our first, I think it was when we won our first pro event. Um, there was a whole thing about, it was like us and aftershock and team extreme and somebody else in the finals. And it was like, you play these round Robin games Mm -hmm. and it was back then when like game fixing was, it just happened because when you play, when there's four teams and everyone knows the points going into these final games, you know, Hey, if we throw this game, you know, it puts us in second or first or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If we only lose three bodies. So there was a lot of game fixing, um, you know, especially if, some team is playing for first, and the other team's like legit in fourth. You know, they're 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 fixing stuff right. just for, for whatever. So, anyhow, <clears throat> uh, allegedly our captain got caught game fixing with another captain. That was it was one of those things where we had a chance to take first, and they were like out of it already. So afterwards, there was a whole thing, and because it was like aftershock that got bumped out of taking first it was like this big disaster all the guys that put all this work in we didn't really know about this and how it went down so we were pretty butthurt. we started our own team after that called revolution mm-hmm. and we, we thought you know oh we're gonna do it ourselves and the team detroit revolution was a good team we actually won a pro event that year but um we it was just like broke college kids so we couldn't sustain and we put all of our the whole season was on Posey's credit card. It probably still is, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was, a, you know, good times and, you know, tough times.
0: Now where, where, where were you as far as, uh, you know, paintball, were you still, even with all these things that are happening and you're, you're a broke college kid. I mean, did you still have that whole desire to get better and to, to play maybe for one of the top teams?
1: Yeah, well, that's where we got... <clears throat> I think, you know, had had Detroit Evolution stayed around, every single one of those players had a long paintball pro career on multiple different... So, <clears throat> once word got out that we were looking at other teams, like, other teams started just vulturing us. Right. So, Image took, you know, me and LB, and All-Americans took Andy and Posey. I mean, like, we just... Everybody kind of, sort of ended up on different pro teams in the Midwest or, or, you know, East Coast, and uh, you know that was the end of that. But yeah, we there was no doubt in my mind we were going to continue playing. We loved it, but yeah. we just couldn't do it like ourselves.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, when you when you got on the trauma, or not trauma, Jesus Christ, image, I, I it's the whole video is like playing in my head, and image, I have <laughs> image, image, image. <laughs> burned into my brain um when you when you got on the image was this a uh was this a life commitment for you as far as like um you know having to play even more paintball and travel even more because of the status
1: no i mean we were playing um i was playing more paintball before i even got on image because when you're playing locally i I feel like you're grabbing your your boys on your team that live in the same town and you're right. like, let's go, let's go <clears throat> image was like, yeah, you hit to, f- to fly to them and practice and, and do that. But it was, <clears throat> it was more like what today is where it's, they have the field release and you play those two weekends before the event and then yeah. at the event, that's it. Um, so it wasn't any more than that. And it, it, honestly, like Tommy mama was hounding me for like a year or two before I even left, yeah. you know, c- come play for image, come play for image. And, it wasn't until we were just, like, dead broke that we did it, you know?
0: So he was telling you to come play for the team as a front player or just in general? Just
1: just as a paintball player. I mean, yeah. back then it wasn't as clearly defined because uh, it, we played it, the fields. It was like the ICPL, right? Like, you'd play a woodsball field, you'd play a hyperball field, right. you'd play an airball field. Like, so and, – and I always played the show tape because – you know they always had like a light side and a dark side and i was i was i had good gun skills so i was always on the show tape and, mm-hmm. and and you know i liked the clean shots that didn't have little twig blow me away yeah. you know what i mean so yeah uh, so yeah so i guess that's probably how he came to recognize me
0: now how long did uh how long did trauma last as far or trauma jesus christ why do i keep saying fucking trauma <laughs> rob was on the team That's maybe that's <laughs> it maybe that's it but um how long did uh did your stint with Image last until, uh, until what was it, uh, a- Avalanche after?
1: Yeah, so I played with them a full season, and it was really good. And then at the end of that season, uh, Tommy was retiring, and Tommy Mau, Mau was like, there was three brothers, right, the three Maumaus: Tommy, Richie, and Greg. And Greg was kind of on again, off again, constantly. Uh, Tommy was the leader and the oldest one and kind of the heart and soul of that squad. Well, he was quitting, And then it was just like, it was weird, like, because there was Lane and you had all these big personalities on the team, Mm -hmm. and everybody's fighting for who's going to be the next leader of Image. Because it was truly like, you talk about it, it was like a top one or two team constantly, like, Image was always in the hunt. Yeah. Um, And and so it was about maybe two, three events into my second year. um, And I just had some pretty big disagreements with some of these uh I didn't want to be the boss but I didn't feel like the guys that wanted to be the boss should be the boss so yeah. uh, that was my exit and and then I, I you know then Chris Lasoya called me like an hour later and was like hey dude uh come play on Avalanche and I was like sweet so yeah yeah you know, I talk about like things like this I was like I think going to play for image even though it was like this status symbol and it was really cool to a lot of people I think that was a big mistake I think staying on my localized detroit fusion or detroit evolution team would have been the move because mm-hmm. we would have been sweet for a long time um but when we left it blew the team apart um and then uh you know not that it didn't exist after that but it didn't exist at that level anymore yeah um and then uh but going to avalanche was probably one of my best moves like that was seriously the funnest time that you know some of those dudes are still some of my best friends yeah. to this day so.
0: I mean, did you, yeah. did you gel pretty quickly with those guys too? I mean, was it pretty good mix? Yeah, I mean,
1: they were a, a huge group of personalities, but like, you know, everybody was, was sweet. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're like Rocky and uh, LaSoya and JR and the, everyone has their own personality, but like those dudes were awesome. How old was you JR
0: I mean? at the time?
1: I think he's probably, he's probably a couple years older than me, so I don't know how many years, but but Ed did a really nice job assembling that squad and he did a really nice job marketing the squad. Mm-hmm. So you just you felt like a superstar and the team performed and he gave us like the best equipment. So if it was Angels, we had Angels. If it was, you know, Dark Cockers, we had that. Yeah. It was like whatever the hot stuff was, we had it.
0: He didn't, you know, think about it. He did a great job of marketing back then with yeah. with the warped line and with with everything with Avalanche itself. I mean, it helped, you know, how good you guys were. But I I, I think Overall, I mean, he did such such a good job, without yeah he killed it yeah yep. without social Ed's, media yeah. or anything. Yep. I mean, I guess that goes back to the whole magazines thing and you know being popular. I miss scrolling through magazines. I think that was that was so cool. Yeah, mags were cool for sure.
1: Now you gotta have like a photographer buddy, <laughs> and social media,
0: right? Right. Well, you have to be your own. You have to be your own publicist, uh, producer. Photographer, you have to be like everything. I know. In order to get it across, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy time. I mean, obviously, it holds now. uh, You know, it's holding people accountable as far as you know if you want to be paintball famous. Actually, you know, uh, Dizon and I kind of had a back and forth. You know, we were talking about it because there's this kid, um, like Maddie Boy or something, on on uh, YouTube, and I had no fucking clue who this dude was like he's just a, a a kid who is like on there and he's putting up videos and he's like he's got like thousands of views and i'm like fuck man Ron, you know it's like you go through like he his videos are doing well and his documentary are are good but he went through a process of like getting to that point right like the sacrifices, the weekends, the getting on to multiple teams, uh, the heartbreaks, the, the, this and that. And eventually he, he, he built his, uh, what would you call it? Brand, I guess. Right. Yep. Yep. And then you have this other kid who just posted videos on YouTube. And it's, there's such a weird, there's, it, I, I don't know. It, it's such a weird time because there's no, like not saying that the kid's not doing work, putting in work and like making the videos and everything. But it's just weird that, you know, a celebrity or star of any certain genre doesn't necessarily have to be a professional at something. You just, you know, you post on YouTube and then people follow it.
1: Yeah. No. But I think it was kind of always like that, even back in the magazine days. Like, that's what we call glory by glory boy. Like, he he was good at showboating on the field. He was good at showboating in front of the camera. And then you would have guys like Jr., who we all knew was a super secret ninja stud. Yeah. But like he didn't get the magazine play because he wasn't, you know, that kind of guy. Like he. So so the guys that like played up to the crowd and 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 you know were posing for pictures and doing all that stuff mm-hmm. really did get the 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 benefit. Where some of the other guys that were sweet too, just quiet guys, didn't get it.
0: Yeah, it's weird though because it, I think it was like more of a a player respect thing knowing like what guys were like super good not saying that any of the any of the guys who were public with everything were not i mean they were obviously had some kind of skill set but i i think there's there's always players in everything know the guys who are truly good the know the guys who truly cheat you know in order to yeah. in order to be good or, or whatever and uh I, I think that's funny too like this thing is like there's so many guys out there maybe not now or maybe like of people think that are like so good, and then everybody in the pro community is like, "He's a fucking cheater, man," and he does it all <laughs> the time. Yeah, good. He's good at cheating, right? So, uh Avalanche, a- and this is this is a time when you were an Avalanche. This is a, probably a time when I was actually starting to come into the game. With like, I mean, I don't know when you got on the team, but I kind of started following professional side of paintball probably like 2002 2002
1: ish 2003 no so we this was more like
0: probably 2000 2000 2000,
1: 2001 right in there um i don't know i'm not terrible with dates but uh but yeah like it was it was sweet like we were going to millenniums no other teams were really going to millenniums unless you were like a factory team Mm -hmm. like like die was sending iron man or or all Americans actually is a good example because they were the rich team back then. So they were sending their squad over there and they would, of course, you know, just beating up on Muppets. And it was <laughs> like, like euros were not good back then. Yeah. Um. It, obviously they've come a long way, but, uh, it, it, Russian Legion was like the only competition over there. It felt like, right. and, uh, and they were, they were terrible too. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was, the, it was a good old days, you know, mm-hmm. those, you could drink all night and then just just still win every game. <laughs> like...
0: It's so different now, man. <laughs> I know. It's so I crazy. Know. So yeah. how did Infamous come about?
1: Well, it's a very similar story as to like the fusion explosion. Uh, but um, we were playing World Cup, and uh, Avalanche was – oh, I guess this is – yeah, this is actually like we went – there's a whole other side to this where – 10 man was still King and we were playing like, you know, there was teams that were definitely working their way into the 10 man scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there was the old guard that was just always consistently good. You know, you have Aftershock shock and, uh, iron Man and, and all Americans. But then you had all the new teams that were sweet, which were like avalanche and image and these guys. And then, then you had the kid teams lock, lock and strange dynasty coming up. Like, um, and everybody was sort of like fighting ground zero was in there. Like, And everybody's fighting, and and most of the same teams won, but you'd catch a a new team up and coming. Well, then somebody started talking about this X-Ball thing, and I'm pretty sure it was like a a Richmond-like, you know, kind of a a ploy to, like, shoot more paint and create a a scenario where tournament teams shot more paint. So they created this hockey game, which was X-Ball, which was penalty box and, you know basically hockey with paintball guns five on five similar
0: yeah to what it is today
1: yeah switching lines and it it was you know two halves 25 minute games and uncapped fa all the whole deal well um we probably would have never left 10 man like avalanche was kings we were going to stay in 10 man forever Mm but do you hear about the psalm sniper incident where like he shot from the sidelines and shot mr u and blah, blah blah mr u ran him down and the whole team was just like disgusted, embarrassed, you know, everything. And, you know, you guys didn't know, uh, you know, it was kind of like one of those things where, uh, he said he was going to do it. I think half guys believed him. Half guys didn't. He definitely had a broken hand and was sitting on the sidelines. So, uh, (laughs) it was one of those things, but you know, hindsight looking back and we were like, you know, we were already had won. he played like six prelim games and we had already won like, four or five of them you know so it was like this was one of our last games didn't even need to do that kind of shit right it was stupid and uh and it wasn't like it was even when ground zero that was their like second team it wasn't even their stronger team so it was just the whole thing was a disaster and the, like i said the team was such a good group of dudes that was like all loved each other and friends and had such a blast together but that one incident was so embarrassing and so like toxic you know yeah, dude, dude, they just blew the team apart and everyone left. And so that exact time they were trying to create this X-Ball event and, you know, Richmond came to us and said, hey, Avalanche dudes, why don't you be Miami effect? And we were like, who? Miami? Where? You know what I mean? <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> we were like, sounds good. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how we ended up going to X-Ball in Lame City, but we were trapped in this closed circuit thing for this TV you know they, everyone said oh you're gonna be on tv but you know no one was allowed to film us for a few years no one was allowed to you know except for that particular league sure. so there was so much good paintball in its prime time just just basically you know hidden from the rest of the world meanwhile NPPL starts a league and they're giving away 25 grand for each event first prize and dynasty who stayed out of x-ball um is just over there smashing dudes like mm-hmm. because Basically, like every other pro team went in besides them. So, literally, like you, then the, there was teams that were like, no disrespect, but at that time, like Naughty Dogs was not, they were a good amateur team, but they weren't a pro team. And Tontons, who we were just over there, like kicking these guys over backwards with left handed with blindfolds, <laughs> like now, now they're in the finals every other time. We're like, give yeah. me a break and they're taking home 25 grand. Mm-hmm. So, it like, it was eating at us.
0: Um, I think that's one of the reasons why Dynasty became a household name and became as good yeah, as they did. And they just crushed
1: for, like, a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, they were legit good before, you know, but they held out. You know, they wouldn't had you know, all the other teams, they wouldn't have been so dominant, obviously. Yeah. But
0: Winning invokes winning.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you learn so much in those semifinals and finals things. So yeah. So, anyways, that's where that's where infamous started we uh we remind me effect for a few years we were just tired of the like empty promises and no money and blah 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 blah. and we knew we were super talented we just we you know we were hoping for this x-ball thing to take off and go tv it didn't so um we talked to our sponsors they basically said you know some of our sponsors said go go to the mppl the other sponsors said well if you do that we're dropping you And so we hemmed and hawed for like a few events and finally we just did it and of course you know we showed up like the other league didn't even know what to do because now you've got this this little superstar team that used to be avalanche now showing up we're like okay we have to have a name we didn't have jerseys we just had blank stock jerseys so we came up with a name and we spray painted it in, in the hotel in the like stairway we spray painted infamous on our jerseys who made the logo um, it was like Gator and Brandon Lambertson like, with we took a paint box and unfolded it flat and just cut it. They just cut it out of the um, out of a paint box and then we put the paint box over the jerseys in the, in the hallway and sprayed them. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and it had like it had like uh you know NXL logos on the arms and we blacked all that <laughs> stuff out and we were we were so mad about the whole deal. Oh yeah, uh, but it was cool. I mean we won. Then of course they you in Tampa like, right. Yeah, we win Tampa it's great we're like oh my god we have 25 grand what are we gonna do so let's burn this place down <laughs> and uh, and then uh, and I felt like we were like the martyrs because after that they allowed every other pro team t- to play in the MPPLs now then they that like broke the broke the thing but they kicked us out of the NXL <laughs> <laughs> but it actually backfired on them because then we were in the other division, which in in the NXL, it was or it was uh, us and Dynasty and Avalanche and Excessive and Russian Legion, and those five teams became the like superstar teams. And then ever they just let us all back in again. Mm-hmm. But we were we were banned for a couple of years. It was gay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was such a weird time, like in paintball, and I I don't know if. I don't know if we're going through that now of like really trying to figure out how to market paintball again of you know trying to get it back to the masses and you know is is not not that they're doing a bad job with the webcast it's just like are we is the webcast the right way to get it to the masses is it is it the whole subscription I know it's like that's what it takes to bring money in to actually have the production but are we doing it are, are we doing enough as a paintball community to get paintball more popular amongst you know the worldwide?
1: Yeah, I mean everyone has their own opinions on it and i and I think that there's there's a lot of right in in, in every side, right mm-hmm. like you know you could sit there and talk to Maddie, and he talks about the storytelling and the building the characters, and I believe all that um but then you'll talk to somebody else and they're like, well, it should be free. And I believe that, (laughs) you know what I mean? If, if we, if we want to make paintball, you know, bigger, it needs to be free and accessible to anybody, you know, with, with what's going on with, uh, you know, live streaming and Facebook live and Instagram live, Instagram TV, whatever. I mean, you could, you could legit broadcast games. Anybody could. Yeah. So, so it should be free. Um, I don't know what the the monetary... Like, obviously, these dudes need to get paid for their time. You know what I mean? So we have to to figure that out. But, um, you know, and now, like, you can put cameras on your guns and in your goggles, and there could be first person. There could be, you know, post-editing. There could be so much different stuff. It's just, you know, do you want to do, like, what NFL used to do with, you know, NFL films the week after and then have, like, slow motion of the ball and the music and, you know, drama. Like, you could do a lot... Um, but I do think live webcasts that are free is the exposure we need. Yeah, there's room to do a little bit of everything, really. Like content, good content is good content. Mm-hmm. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know, I think you know, as far as the format goes, I think X Wall is a is a good format uh, to follow. I mean, it's it's pretty, it's fairly easy to follow. I mean, it's a it's a pretty simple game. Um, as far as the the Basis of the game, right? You either shoot all the guys you hit the buzzer or you just hit the buzzer and uh, You know, I I think I think also what they're trying to do uh, slowly because I've been preaching it for years is like going to the four pod thing I think that's gonna I think that's gonna uh, you know entice people to move. I think they should go back to semi-auto I really think that kids are relying way too much on the ramping to do all the work Rather than actually like shooting, you know, one ball, one pull, and, and, and getting paintball skill back to the player, rather than relying on their on their marker so much, um, you know, and I and I think we just need to start approaching things differently and really try and bring the skill back to the player. I mean, that's what we were trying to do with the NPL, um, and it just kind of fizzled out because nobody, everybody believed in it, but nobody wanted to invest. And nobody wanted to take the step forward. And there's been multiple times. I mean, I think Damian just posted on, on his social media like a, a quote from Oliver, you know, from a while back saying the only way that, you know, anything is going to change is if a bunch of pros make their own league. And and I mean, that's what we essentially what we we're trying to do. But um, I mean, do you have any ideas or suggestions to where you think that the, the, the game uh, well, is going to go?
1: I mean, anybody that knows me knows I'm a massive fan of this, like, mechanical renaissance. Yeah. And it's not even that, like, really, the guns are fast. Like, like some of these, like, you know, some of these guns that are mechanical with the new loaders and everything else are seriously fast. But, again, I think that the game has to be fun again. Mm -hmm. I believe that the old game is more fun. Like, having done you know all the different 7-mans and 10-mans and x-balls and all this stuff. I really truly believe that 10-man is the most fun. And so if we're not to play having it out there both truly From a
0: player's perspective though.
1: Yeah. I mean, who are we marketing it to? Well, I guess
0: it's, I guess it's more of a thing of like do we just want to make it bigger within the community or do we want to make it bigger throughout like do we want to grow the entire sport or do we just want to grow the tournament scene mechanically. Um Or do both coincide th- with each other?
1: I think it's not just mechanical. It's the whole way of the old format. It's to ten man. It's yeah. the bigger fields. It's maybe not being so symmetrical. Maybe it's some woods, it's some hyperball, it's you know, it's a little bit of everything. I mean that all takes a different skill set. And um it's it just adds more than you know who has the deepest pockets that can, mm-hmm. you know, legit buy a a pallet of paint for their team to be robots and shoot the same shot,
0: shoot bounce shots four hundred times. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's so lame. Yeah, I hear you. And I think that's a huge disadvantage. I think that's why a lot of the team, a lot, a lot of the lower end pro teams. I mean, because infamous. I mean, you guys, you guys sit high mid most of the time, right? I mean, and, and then you every every year, I would say you guys at least play in finals or you know every other year or something you win an event but i mean it's it's like but i think a lot of the lower end teams kind of get shit on but i mean a lot of those guys you know a lot of those teams are not the most heavily invested in and i they do not i mean that's the biggest thing is situations man they do not get the situational paintball they don't get even though i mean there's a lot of uh seasoned pro players on the team they don't get the time together and the time playing all the time that these, these top tier guys do. And you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, it's not about the money. It's about the dedication, this and that. Well, well, you can be a lot more dedicated when you have more money to be able to play. Well, you know, I'm not just going to play this weekend, but I'm also going to play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know what I mean? And I can, I can go free for freely, do all these clinics and do this and do that and just play paintball in general. These guys are not able to do that. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's such a separation between, you know, the teams that make it to Sunday every single fucking time and the ones that don't.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at the top teams, they're all like, they have some type of a millionaire or, you know, a factory behind them. Yeah. You know, it's a miracle if infamous squeezes in there when we do squeeze in there, because we don't have any of that. We can't go buy these players and spend, you know, 30 grand or 50 grand on a dude or whatever. I mean, that's, That's really what it takes, and if there is an up and coming dude, there. I mean, it gets raped every year, so <laughs> it, it is what it is. We 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 pull from down, and then we get taken away from, and it. it's just yeah, you know, it's just we're just a rung in the ladder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you think holding fields out until Thursday would uh would help those teams?
1: I don't think they should release the field layout. Period. Agreed. Um, and I think the fields need to be bigger. It's I, th- I think it's lame to, to turn and shoot a guy or two. (laughs) There's
0: so many fucking bunkers on the field too, that it's like, I mean, you have a a few lanes, but the bunkers are so big and so close together. And then there's so many.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, again, I feel that the older style paintball is why it's so popular. Yeah. It's, there's a reason why Tim's event has 72 10 man teams next week. Yeah. That's a lot of dudes. Yeah. So, um, and there's gonna be more just hanging out and spectating and, you know, there's something to be said, like with a 10 man match, like you can't, you can legit try something, lose two dudes. There's, they can't come get you. You have right. eight more guys on the field. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I, I see seasoned X-ball dudes make that mistake constantly. They run out, they shoot two dudes and take off and they just get murdered because there's, <laughs> there's all these other zones on there. So,
0: yeah, I think, I think because I grew up in that era, uh, my favorite, favorite, favorite format is seven man. I, mm-hmm. I I think also because it's so close to ten man, because it has that kind of that that patient feel to it, and, and there isn't ten fucking guys because ten guys is a lot of guys, it's a lot of dudes. Oh yeah, but oh, seven yeah. man is such a, a a nice sweet spot of a number, and I I really really enjoyed playing seven man.
1: Yeah, I, the thing the thing I felt like when they cut to seven was you know people hear you hear about people they cut the wallet so mm-hmm. you know like when you got 10 you can hide a dude that might not be as physical or as as good as some of the other guys but he's still out there maybe he's like a really good crawler in the woods but he's terrible on hyperball or whatever you know what i mean yeah. like there was there was dudes like that constantly like they were really good in the woods but they sucked in the on concept field. Mm-hmm. So, um, you kept them on the team. And, and I feel like as you keep whittling it down and we tried to make it this, you know, we, I don't know, we tried to make it a sport. And really, then you ended up with just a bunch of young dudes that don't have any money that, <laughs> like, <laughs> don't put back into the sport that aren't, like, growing it at all. Yeah.
0: You know, so. So throughout your paintball career, I mean, have you always been uh, kind of dabbing in the design field? or was this something that it's been, you know, in the past, what for you, like 10 years or so or something, or has it, has it been around? No.
1: So, I mean, I even felt like back in, you know, when I was an amateur I had harnesses that didn't do what I wanted to do. So I sewed my own like little thing and yeah. you know what I mean? We were, we were inventing things on autocockers and double triggers and things that, you know, we were just making stuff. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like I had that kind of creative edge. And then when I went to work for JT in San Diego, um, of course, being a pro player at that point on the top team, they were like, you know, what do we make? Okay. <laughs> so I just get, even though I was doing sales at the time, I was almost like hyper into it because now I know what the customer wants. I know what I want. And I work at this company where I can kind of make it all happen. Yeah. So so that's kind of how I got involved with, you know, I'm like, oh, we should make a ProFlex. We only like the soft ears, man. Like we don't want the hard ear things anymore. Get rid of those.
0: <laughs> so you were behind <laughs> that?
1: yeah we had a meeting it was like it was like we had like three three pros in the company and back then like flex sevens had hard ears and they had this we were like look what we were doing like avalanche or dynasty any of us we always just make colored frames Mm -hmm. so we thought that was cool so we would go in the warehouse make a colored frame different strap put soft ears and that was it it wasn't called a pro flex it was just we just made it up and then we sat in that meeting and we told him what we wanted and then the name, I don't know who said the name, but yeah, we, we designed that thing. We just said, this is what we use. Let's just make this and sell this. And then it was like the hottest goggle ever. So
0: I think it's still, I think it still is, it's trying to make a comeback, but I think it's still the most comfortable and, and good looking <sighs> goggle.
1: I mean, goggles they've come a long way now that, that, uh, you know, the breathability in that that thing is still super nice, mm-hmm. but there's other goggles now that are like, Breathe good and comfortable, and the lenses are better. And yeah, you know, so yeah. it's technology.
0: Yeah, but I mean, look at uh, how many years has it been since the grill has come out, and that thing's the same damn thing. Same thing with the profiler.
1: Yeah, i I didn't never like either one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean no. they uh, they they were good for their 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 time, but you know, I I was not a fan of either one of those goggles.
0: Four, I remember uh I think I kind of stuck with the profiler because it has like I feel like the visibility of like a proflex
1: yeah I think it had better visibility it just didn't breathe as good and it mm-hmm. wasn't as comfortable and it felt a little further off my
0: face yeah so I don't like that I'm trying to think I remember what you remember when those things were like hard plastic and they were like <laughs> that's probably when I wore it that's probably why I don't like them (laughs) they were like here here you go here's your first one Yeah. so are you working I mean besides the uh, foundation I mean are you working on paintball products right now
1: yeah 100% I mean uh, obviously as my roles have changed throughout the different companies that I've worked for um, it's just in my blood so I've I've kind of turned Infamous Paintball into not just a team but also like basically a professional brand so Mm -hmm. i'm trying to trying to come out with products you know every day that that are just new and cool stuff that i would want you know
0: right now it's i mean what what is um where do you see infamous in as far as like team wise brand wise in like the next five years do you think do you see the team sticking around for that long or do you see the brand sticking around for that long
1: you know i can't tell you what tournament paintball is going to look like in five years so (laughs) that's true that's hard for me i'm i really am just trying to like stay on the pulse of it but i mean right now i think the team has a future and i think uh the brand has a really bright future Mm -hmm. so um you know marrying those two together with like the marketing of it is yeah makes sense so
0: are you guys picking up anybody anybody new coming towards the end of the season or anything
1: Oh, hopefully I can get you to come back for World Cup. That's my <laughs> that's my goal.
0: And if you can talk to my boss to give me uh, another week's vacation, then we have a deal. What's her name? I'll call her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I'm honestly I do I I miss it, man. It's 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 one of those things where you know I know I still have a few years in me, but it's you know as you know you know family as it as it grows and requires more time. Um, I know, I know. It's just,
1: you're not dead. I am not dead. I, <laughs> here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. You come play ICC with Infamous, which is happening, and, and then if you have a good time, you come play World <laughs> Cup. You can skip the first practice. You got to come to the second practice.
0: Mm. I mean, it's not that I don't like practicing. So where do you guys practice anyway?
1: So normally for Cup, what we do is, um, uh, well, I guess what we've been doing like like mid season here when the weather's nice as we've been playing it like breakout, like, you know, once or twice before the event. And then we'll travel somewhere to AC Dallas or X factor, or somebody like that. Right. Uh, World cup. We typically uh, set up a practice with damage the weekend before. And then we stay through, right. um, you know, the guys that have to work can come back and forth or whatever. But um, because remember how that event starts a day early because there's so many teams. Yeah. So you gotta be down there a day really anyway So you're really flying back for Monday, Tuesday mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like a lot of guys just stay through And then we use those days and we'll go drill And practice either Russians or Dynasty It really depends on who's in our division But, yeah. Um, you know, Central Florida paintball Has so many tournament fields And there's so many teams there That you can go get a pickup game during the week Pretty easy um, mm-hmm. That's really what we do
0: Yeah, where's Breakout at?
1: Breakout, it's right Yeah um, I don't know the name of the town. It's it's outside of Chicago. Just
0: out in Chicago, know, thirty forty minutes. Yeah. So what what's your take on on Midwest paintball? Like where I because I know when I when I started, and I started I started in, in Ohio and everything, and I used to travel to, to Michigan and played at Future Ball, played at uh, you know all those fields up there. Uh, at what point did you see the tri state area paintball kind of? disappear I feel
1: so I don't know like I felt like I was at the forefront in this area mm-hmm. you know it was like fusion and there was enemy and there was aftershock and there you know what I mean there was a handful of teams far side and you know what I mean and yeah. then uh, I got up and left I went to play for you know image and avalanche and I did not play paintball in the midwest again I, until I moved back I was playing in California I lived in California for 10 years so um I have no idea. You lose me after that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Atom- I, like atomics. I never went there. I, I knew about it. I heard about it. I've, you know, people say, it's oh, this is an awesome facility, but mm-hmm. like I couldn't tell you one thing about it. I was in, you know, playing in playing dynasty and iron man in California year round.
0: I think, <laughs> yeah, I think pretty- that's a huge, I think that's a huge thing too, is like, you know, you in the Midwest, you have to have these indoor fields no matter what condition they in, they're in, because you have to go play at an indoor field. You have to have that. If you want to stay competitive year round, or let's say just, you know, off season. And it's so tough because they're, they're slimy. They're nasty. The communication is terrible inside those things. And I, I think, I think a lot of Midwest teams have a rough time if they can't fly out, you know, for the, the practice tournaments. Um, of actually getting the wheels going uh, at the beginning of the season and towards the end of the season too, when it's, when the you know winter starts hitting. And it's such an advantage for those other teams to be able to play year round and, yep. and, and on top of that, play top tier pro teams. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I
1: feel like even, I consider us a Midwest team, even though we're Los Angeles infamous, but, like, our core dudes are still based locally, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, Drew and Rodarte and Mikowski. Like, these are all, like, localized dudes, right? I mean, we still have Thomas. We have a few guys far, but, you know, and honestly, like, pro teams now are, like, seven dudes. It's not right. like it used to be. Um, but uh, 100%, it, when the weather, until the weather breaks, I, you have to travel. So yeah. we, even when we were... Living here, we always traveled to go play a team that in a warmer climate. Whether it was damage or you know, I don't know who that was. We we would go play anybody in a warm climate.
0: Yeah, Texas, because it's not like they had to go anywhere. So, so no, you got go to go. Always that. the Midwest team. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, okay, well, uh we're gonna come play at your field, and then you gotta come play at our. They're like, no, fuck you. You just you come play us here all the time. Like
1: yeah, that. but I mean, Southern California is a different animal because it's beautiful there year-round. But like, you go to Southern Texas in like August, and your your cleats fall apart <laughs> because they're <laughs> they're melting off as you go to and, the corner. They're just <laughs> yeah, it, it, same thing with uh, you know Florida. Go practice damage in July. I mean, you're gonna die. Yeah. so...
0: Well, what do you prefer? Do you prefer turf or grass? Grass, absolutely, hundred percent. There's a uh, high school that just put in brand new turf down here. Mm -hmm. And uh, first off, they spent $3 million on the turf. One, the team is not that good, at least from what I hear. And two, it's like turf to me is like it's an indoor thing, right? If you don't have grass, you have turf no matter what man grass the the feel the the cushion the everything had there's so much to it and granted i think mean, paintball kind of destroys destroys grass but i feel like i mean I, I remember going down to texas and awesome facility down at uh at uh san antonio x-factors field alex's field great facility yep. uh, paintball fit where ac plays great facility but, dude, that turf – like, it, literally, my, my cleats do burn as I go to a corner or something, trying to stop or something like that. They will burn, and that shit hurts. And I, the, the little black rubber shit gets in every crease after I'm yep. pulling it out of my ass crack, you know, and yep. like just dumping it, I it know. out. And, uh, but there's just something about something about grass that just makes it feel you, – you feel so much more connected to the field.
1: Oh, yeah, and it makes it realistic because all the events are on grass. So. Yeah. Why would you practice, uh, you know, like shooting, shooting Billy Bernaccia going to the snake in X factor is like impossible, right? <laughs> like, Cause he starts to slide at like the, like three steps he's sliding mm-hmm. and you're just like, he's on the ground, but you get to grass. You can't do that. Nothing against Billy. I mean, he's taking advantage of the field, but I just, I would rather practice uh, granted. We do practice X factor a lot because they're a good practice, but I right. personally practice on grass Yeah, and I like, they're they're set up for fields are full time and that grass would be dead Mm -hmm. (laughs) if they didn't have turf. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, they gotta do what they gotta do, but I I personally would rather practice on grass.
0: Yeah. No, no, I agree. Um according to you, why why do you think that uh I guess they're not Red Legion, I guess they're they're you know, Russian Legion. Why do you think that they are so uh just on top of their game? this year and and last year as well. I mean what what do you think they're they're doing different than all the other teams? Uh a, a few things
1: I think that um don't get me wrong that that's that seven dudes they have top to bottom is solid, right? Mm-hmm. They don't really have any weak links there. Um they're also um, and and they you got to think about this too. Like they're taking there's a lot of tournament paintball in Russia, and they're taking the best of the best yeah. in that region. So they got the top talent in that zone. And honestly, coaching they adjust faster than pretty much anybody. Like they're very quick to adjust, and that helps them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's why you see these massive comebacks and and all this stuff. Is I do think they have good coaching.
0: Yeah. Now do do you think I mean, do you think it has also to do with the style of play with, you know, nobody? I feel like nobody wants to move. Nobody wants to make a mistake anymore. Nobody wants to not less, not necessarily make a mistake, but maybe just take a risk. I feel like there's there's so little of that now because everybody wants to make the perfect move at the perfect time. And, I mean, obviously the, the last finals game was... Uh, was it was a good match was what 7-6 or whatever it was or 6-5 and but there were still games that were 2-1 3-2 this Yeah that.
1: I mean Yeah yeah we we came out of that other division that was real slow and uh, all of our stuff was all 1-1-2 one to, one to two and 2-3 two and you know
0: And it's so but weird cuz you have other teams that are that are playing the field and would you say that they have it more figured out if they're scoring more points on it or the playing wow. style is just different.
1: It's 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 a playing style difference. I mean, I cuz I think that our team is still good I think at going fast if we want to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we are probably not as good as at, at as some of the top teams at slowing it down. Right. Um so that's probably like our biggest thing that we can improve on is is being able to play as slow as a you know an impact or a team like that like i think anybody that wants to take these risks and and go bang snake on the break that's going to happen right right? but um being able to play inside out better than the other team is is a you know
0: part of the game so do you think it's a a patience thing a recognition thing or just an experience thing
1: all of that i mean there's the patience thing is you have to recognize the situation and you know wait for your opportunity and then the experience thing is when you have the experience,
0: when you know when, you when, know when to do
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, when you get to the sweet spot, the other experience thing is to not blow it. Right. Right. So,
0: so why has infamous had such a turnaround of players?
1: Um, I think the iron man likes my team and <laughs> just keep taking them. No. Um, it's because we aren't in the like money bags, section yet so if somebody wants one of my guys i can't stop it Mm -hmm. like it's okay here go take 20 m3s see you later you know go take this see you later you know go get 10 grand to go to this team go ahead see you later you know it's like but again like it makes us more of that like next man up type of mentality which is fine yeah yeah and uh you know, I, 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 sometimes when you see, like, some of those top teams not do sweet and you, like, know how much they spend, I'm just, like, inside dying because I'm like, oh, my God, like, they're spending so much money to not get a result right now. Yeah. So that would probably kill me even more. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how much a paintball sometimes is the ball bounced, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. So who is – who Who are the top sponsors right now for Infamous? Excuse my ignorance for not uh... – Oh,
1: no. Um, so I'm will Planet Eclipse obviously is our, you know, one of our biggest uh, Pro ProShar paintballs. They're brand new. They're they're on like people don't know about ProShar because they're um, they've only been in Europe, but they're honestly probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, you know, European paintball distributor. Mm-hmm. So now they're coming over here. Luckily we got sponsored because they make great stuff. Uh, they're coach. not
0: just a paint company.
1: They are. They oh, are okay. just paint. But, I mean, they make a really good ball top to bottom, it's yeah. so good. Um, uh, push, uh, Brian Benini and I, like, have worked competitively but also friend-like, you know. So he was always, you know, product development at Die, and I was product development at Empire. And we would share, you know, catalogs at World Cup. And it was kind of like, you know, you, you work all year and then you, you have this, like, camaraderie. So, anyways, we always stayed in touch. And he started this goggle company. And so, obviously, we support that and they support us Mm -hmm. um but uh uh i have just things in in the industry too have like shrank a lot so we've started making some of our own stuff we've partnered with like intensity customs to do some some different custom stuff Mm -hmm. um you know that's the one thing i think that even though people are like oh paintball is shrinking or it's dying or it's just that there's a lot of, like, these new, smaller companies coming up and doing well. Um, so, like, Push, for instance, could have never happened back in the day. Like, all these other main, big goggle companies would have crushed it. But right. now that they're not there, it's it's thing. Uh, Virtue, you know, they make... The Spire 3 is, like, ridiculous, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so we align with that. It's, and honestly, we're in a position where we're, we're kind of going and just picking and choosing sponsors, too. Because... The days of like, here's a hundred thousand dollars to use this widget, even if it's not that good. <laughs> those are gone, right? Yeah. So like, now you just go to the best stuff and hopefully you can work out a cool deal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So uh, trying to think, we get some support from Powerhouse Regs. We get uh, uh, we get some support from First Strike. Gives us tanks. that's uh-huh. uh, you know, I'm trying to think who I'm forgetting right now. Hey, you guys um, we just
0: have HK, right?
1: that was last year we uh we had done a deal with hk and then you know soft goods and protection all that stuff that's my wheelhouse so it's a matter of time so i have a full line of of protection so like i started this this pro dna thing which obviously like i'm a pro it's my dna so i started this whole line of stuff i'm branding it sort of infamous but it's it's been a little bit of a challenge to t- tell people, like, look, Infamous isn't just the team, right? It's we make stuff too, and so we've been coming out with a lot of cool stuff. But I have a whole line of protection, and I got a line of soft goods, and triggers, and barrels, and this and that. We have all kinds of stuff coming, so oh, really? And, yeah, so that's what's uh, that's the shakedown.
0: Where can uh, where can people find that
1: infamouspaintball.com?
0: Nice, pretty, f- pretty fucking simple,
1: pretty simple, but yeah, so and I think that's the that's the in my opinion, you know. This is not a dig at, you know, Bart or Randy or Alex or any of these dudes that have a ton of money to put it into the team. Like these guys are literally propping up the sport in one way or another. Right. But the future of other pro teams, in my opinion, that don't have this, this you know, super rich guy or some, you know, like like Ironman has this die. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that, I think you need to really look hard at your team and do the marketing like infamous does, like avalanche did with Ed, like, and you need to build your own brand as a team, market your own products to support your team, and that's sort of, in my opinion, the future of paintball.
0: Yeah, would you say that's sort of the uh, the direction for individual players to become stars as, you know, stars or maybe noticed the same thing as well, kind of build their own brand and as far as social media and and media goes.
1: Yeah, I mean. You absolutely you should it's it helps it helps me if i've got a kid that's marketing like and he's good at marketing because sponsors eat that stuff up and so yeah. you know it just helps the whole thing now if the kid sucks and he's just good at marketing that doesn't work but he's gotta he's gotta be good at both
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is true <laughs> well hey man uh i I really appreciate you sitting down with me and chatting. I had a great time. I, I can't wait for, uh, for ICC and to, uh, to play with you again. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people also, t- you know, to forget that I did play for infamous in, uh, in half of a and in 09. And I had a great time. I played with some amazing players. I had nothing but a great experience. Um, playing for infamous and i think i think one of the biggest things was that you know at at the time of why i i stopped playing i had nothing to do with the team it was i think it was just kind of like a personal life thing paintball for me is you know you you do it for so long sometimes it becomes kind of like you hit this plateau and um you know i wish i could have gave you more i feel like i i feel like i kind of hung you out to dry uh you did. So in, now you have to play World Cup with us. In a sense. So uh no, so I, I but I just wanna uh, take this time to say thank you for uh you know, for helping me out and everything and and I'm glad that I was, you know, able to be a part of the program uh when I when I could.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, you were you were awesome. You still have that certain skill set that's that, you know a coach loves because you're so dangerous. You do this stuff that other guys just can't. And then, as a teammate, right, you're the dude that can do the, you know, you can play regular inside-out paintball, or you can be a stunt play, and that's really hard to game plan against. So that you're, you're, you're a dude that's pretty dangerous still to this day.
0: Well, I appreciate it, man. And uh, hopefully, we can use that skill set in uh, in a week or so.
1: Yeah, we're gonna win some woods games.
0: Uh, well, I'm so so. Actually, ICPL was the first time that I played more than two woods ball games in a weekend. Ever. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, my god.
1: But so you're hyperball
0: only. <laughs> but it was it was super fun and I had a great time. And I was the only one that was like getting down the field and like running people down while there's still seven plus guys alive. So that was pretty fun to do. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So I'm excited all around to uh to play. Now is the whole team showing up?
1: So so what I do at these events is obviously like if there's one of the guys on the current pro team, he he's he gets first dibs, right? right. And then because it's ten, and we don't have ten. There's constantly other dudes, and then like you know some of these other guys, they just they take every waking hour of PTO or time off to like practice and play NXL, mm-hmm. so they can't do these other side events. So like Thomas is out, and you know some of these other guys are out, but you know I'm I brought back like Lasoya and and Jr. for this event. And then, you know, some of the current roster pro guys are, are obviously, you know, still there. And, like, Redartain normally plays with us, but he's out at this one. But we still have, you know, Brett and Sean and Cody and, you know, um, no Drew. No Drew. Yeah, he's got, Auto- on he
0: got a little one on yeah. the way,
1: though. <laughs> Mr. Auto Cocker Mechanical
0: Guy. <laughs> Mr. Marker's on the shelf himself. Yes. Yeah, dust, <laughs> dust collector. <laughs> Um, I can't do yeah. that. Like I like I enjoy sitting. Like that's what I did. I I had all my my LV series and all my custom ones and everything. I was like, I was I, I was like kind of looking at them and like man, like those are awesome to shoot and like you know the the technology is kind of going away as they're sitting on the on there. And what if my son just doesn't give a shit about them or anything? Like just sitting there. I'm like you know what, I'm gonna get rid of all the ones that I have. And I'm just gonna shoot an EMAC and just be like, I have pictures of me like shooting those things. I have the stories. I have everything like that. It's like, it's like, I, why do I need to like have collect them and just? You should save one. I already got Same. rid of
1: them. Well, too late. I'll come well, back I,
0: I think it's one of those things too. It's like, well, like if I'm not enjoying it enough on the wall, I would rather have somebody who's gonna enjoy playing with it have it you know one of, kind of one of those things cuz I'm like I know what it was like to have it and shoot it and yeah yeah, yeah. and those, those mechanical markers dude, that brought back a crazy amount of fun shooting those things again oh
1: yeah oh yeah it was so fun I can't wait I'm telling you dude 10 man's the future 10 man
0: mechanical <laughs> I'm going to say 7 man is the future I'm going to be I'm going to say 7 man it's 10 man is always going to be around I think that these tournaments are always going to be around but if we do kind of divert away from x-ball i think it's going to go back to seven man of some kind of format of seven man
1: yeah i think i think seven man will pop up again but you know i'm still t- staying 10 forever
0: <laughs> i have this um i've been kind of talking about it but i haven't really gave any details on it but i have this idea to kind of bring in a different point system for x-ball and i'll tell you after we get off of here but because I've been trying to get everybody's opinion and so far it's been really really good. And it's just try- trying to uh, liven up the field and make it so that teens can't just sit and like if they're up by 2, if all they have to do is just sit and not do anything. This kind of like gives the other team incentive to like go make shit happen and have it be possible. And it's it's really interesting. So I want to I right. want to tell you after this. All right, then a really good to- man. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. uh, stay with me. But uh, thank you again so much, man. I appreciate it, and I will see you here in a couple weeks. All right, brother. Thanks. Yep. Thank you so much, Travis, for sitting down and chatting with me. Uh, it, it was it was great to hear your tale, man. And you know, it's it's gonna be awesome playing at ICC with Infamous and uh, you know the 10-man thing has been kicking off the mechanical era is kind of revived and it's great to see it's great to see old players come out and you know great players and great teams kinda come back and and start competing again so thank you Travis so much we'll see you soon bud Uh, also a big thank you goes to Charm City Paintball make sure you head over to his Instagram or Facebook and see what he has Uh, he's also down for doing any kind of custom work Uh, the guy's great he is a you know as far as communication goes he's always on top of it he's always on time uh, you know and getting things out the door and to you it you know it's bar none man he's great and the quality of work is amazing and he has such an array of different types of you know headgear uh, meaning you know head wraps the headbands all kinds of stuff, custom work. Please give him a call if you have his phone number, I guess. But uh, just give him a, a quick shout. Uh, Charm City Paintball. So thanks, Mike. We are also a uh, big thank you goes to Melo Veo. And this is a, a CBD company that we are just starting to work with. Again, if you guys have any questions, make sure you DM them. Uh, they also have a Facebook and Instagram. That is M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O dot uh, com or just Melavio on Instagram and and Facebook. But for the playing on podcast listeners, you guys will get fifteen percent off uh, your order. So make sure you head out, see what they need or see what they have with which you need, and uh, you know go from there. So thank you so much, Melavio, appreciate it, and thank you you guys for listening. It has uh, it's been a great journey so far, and I. Love to uh, continue doing this thing and getting more guests on here. If you guys have any suggestions, please shoot them over to me. Uh, you can shoot any questions or anything you guys have over to, um, to theplayingonpodcast at gmail.com. And I will get to them and, you know, go from there. So so thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure you do not text and drive. Keep your eyes on the road. Listen to podcasts and, uh, and have fun. Live life. We'll see you guys soon here on the Playing Out Podcast. Peace.